well, let's show you a real bit of America. And I think they give him a hundred dollar bill, right? So they don't, they don't, it doesn't show them giving him a hundred dollar bill, but it has to be. No, it's not. It doesn't. It's not because what's crazy is that when he meets the blind singer that he knew back then in the tunnel, and then he gives him the hundred dollar bill. The kid smells it. Oh shit! You're right. Because then, how did he get get it? <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, you're right. It has to be. You got there. You got there. I got there. I finally watched. 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 Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon, and it's that beautiful time of year again where we get to revisit movies that David and I have already seen. But you know what? We just feel like talking about them. Welcome to December. Did you mention Slumdog Millionaire in that whole thing? It's and Slumdog... Today <laughs> it's, and today we chose... To watch, finally watch again, Slumdog Millionaire. You know what's really funny, David, is that when you were starting the intro, I totally expected you to go full Indian accent. I mean, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> not not doing that at all. Um, I remember the exact seat in the movie theater I sat when I watched this movie. Um, it was like... The theater uh, that I used to go to near near me, it it actually like you know a lot of theaters you don't want to sit in like the front row or the front section because it's too close. Yeah, this one was actually designed in a way that, where the front seats were actually a little bit far back. So and they were the only ones that bent. Oh. So you actually kind of laid back a little bit. So a lot of people when I would take them to this theater, they'd be like, oh, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Just trust me." And then when you get up there, it's actually like it was pretty sweet, and no one ever sat there. Um, I went into this movie. I don't even remember. I don't even remember why. I think I was just at that point trying to see all the movies that people were like, oh, this is, oh, this is potential Oscar movies. And, um, did I love this? Like the first time I saw it, uh, I was just talking with Garrett earlier. I was like, oh, I'm watching this. He's like, does it hold up? Hell yeah, it holds up. Yeah. Um, like I like the conceit, the, the structure of it. I like that they don't rely too much on the who wants to be a millionaire aspect. It sort of fades off as the movie goes along. You say that, you say that, but like the opening is like, A, he cheated. B, da-da-da. C, it, you know, and D, it is written. And I was like, that's a little cheesy. No, no, I agree. And if you actually look at the, I've never looked at the poster before. I like the poster, but then if you like read it, it's uh it's like super super cheesy where it's like what does it take to find a lost love smarts destiny and i was like all right well that's um maybe we could have done a little better on that (laughs) i um but overall like i love this movie um i just think it's like a so well done it's pretty compact too it's a two hour long movie but like it flies um, it flies, but it also feels like it lasts a lifetime, and, but not in a bad way. Like you're you're watching these kids grow up, and it feels like you've been watching them for years. 
But like you said, the whole film is to so it's not only do we have the entire backstory, but it's interlaced with the present time in like one of the best ways ever. And then on top of that, like a third layer is that love story that goes alongside it. So it feels like you're just living your entire life alongside theirs. And then it's it's only a two hour movie. Yeah. Um, I the love story is pretty one sided for most of the movie. You're like, well, let me just get to the end. And she's like, I like I've always liked Salim. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense either, because from the get go, he was always the one like Salim was always the one like you cannot be in our little crate in the rain, like stay out of there. And then Jamal was always the one who's like, come in, come in here, follow us. We'll protect you. We'll keep you safe. Like every step of the way. Well, yeah, that's why they ended up together. I was my scenario was joke. Um, (laughs) No, but it's kind of right because she was always like, not very like, like uh, she didn't show that she particularly liked him in any, in any specific way. I think she was actually just more of a realist because her life was a lot tougher than theirs for most of it. Yeah. Like they had these scenarios where things got really bad for them, but you know, Salim got them out of it pretty quick. They sort of had a, a, a free life um, a little bit, you know, after they got rid of, got away from Maman or uh, Maman, whatever his fucking name is. Maman. Yeah. Um, and so she's just dealt with a lot. There's a lot of like, implied like she was assaulted a lot growing up um so when she was cherry right yeah well at that point i mean i think the first time is probably salim um in the scene in the hotel is the first time oh yeah you're right because mama even says before that that she was a virgin so no one had done anything to her up until that point um so i don't i mean I, like the the number one example to me of that is as soon as Salim shoots Maman, which is like a very funny scene the way he does it. He's like, Maman never forgets. He's like, Maman can make an exception. And he's like, I can't take a chance, Maman, and like shoots him with the pillow. That's good. That's good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna do my uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire later. So, okay. um, the shot happens and Jamal freezes. And Latika yeah. does not even hesitate to start grabbing the money, grabbing <laughs> all of her stuff and getting out of there. Right. Like right. she it like this world is like what she's had to deal with. And so, um, yeah, I mean, they're just they're just in two different trajectories. And like as bad as Salim has been to him, he's also sort of protected him quite a bit. It is quite weird. Salim is is like a very complex character because he has this love for his brother that ultimately gets like the jealousy he has for his brother ultimately gets the best of him. And so you're always like Salim is such a jerk. He's such a bad guy, but then he'll do these things that I'm not going to say like totally exonerates him, but like it, it pushes him to like more of a complex character instead of like a, just a complete <clears throat> asshole. Right. No, I agree. The other thing about this movie is, and I think people, there's, there's, there's like controversy surrounding this movie that I was like looking into, but a little bit of blowback from this movie. I like, I, different podcasts I listen to talking about this are just like, oh, it was kind of a weak year and like, oh, you know, so this movie was nominated for 10 Oscars. I, 
and won like nine of them. Won eight. eight. And the only reason the only reason it didn't win nine is because two of them were going up against each other. Best song was um was both the uh, I guess the Jai Ho, yeah, obviously, right? And then the MIA song, um or the it's it's not that one, it's Osaya. Oh really? Oh, which I remember. Oh yeah, that's actually a good one too. Like I remember it now. Um, Ashley told me that I can't watch this movie anymore because I just like keep saying Jai Ho randomly like throughout the house. I just sing it to myself. Jai Ho. So like it was had two nominated against each other. Otherwise, it only lost once. It lost best sound editing, but it won best picture, best directing, best adapted screenplay, best, best cinematography, editing, best, best song, editing, best, best score, best song, yeah, best sound mixing. It's crazy. The only thing it's it insane. Did- it's insane because because you would think someone who won best editing, best score, best song, and couldn't even win best sound editing. Well, that's I think that I mean because the way I think that works too is like the sound group in the in the academy. I think probably sort of like split on it. They were just like, all right, we'll give you one. We're not going to give you both. And now it's only one category, so it would have just won it. Um, but yeah, I just it's like how huge this movie was and you know i'd said does it hold up i um i will say one thing so this is i guess one of the first movies to win an academy award that was like shot mostly digitally Mm. like a lot of it was shot digitally and it definitely needs right now like a 4k restoration i feel like because i put in my blu-ray the other day and i was like this does not look good and it's like part of it's the stylistic it doesn't look look bad because like you like you're about to say part of it's the stylistic editing that it you know kind of presented itself with but then well, i switched i switched to a stream and the streaming looked better i watched it on stream i like yeah, it on stream it looked yeah it looked better so which you know maybe it's just like streaming in 4k or whatever i don't know um but i think we can i think we can just get into it um <laughs> possibly what i what? think we can actually go through it like the beginning pretty fast well, one thing I like that the beginning does is there's just all these images and it's got like the money being fanned into the bathtub. Yeah. It has that famous like I like Frida Pinto, like her at the bottom of the train station kind of looking up at him. Yeah. Um, And it's got like the who wants to be a millionaire like coming in and then it's got him being tortured. Right. And it's like all of these images. and You're like, what is if you walked into this blind, which I kind of did. You're like, what what is going on right now i show this to taylor she didn't really know anything about it and it's funny because i've always made that there's a there's a the office episode where they go to like a summer camp okay. and michael scott um pairs up with um his actual wife forget her character name but right, right, um right. they do this like they have to come up with a 30 second play <laughs> they have to come up with a 30 second play and they decided to to redo Slumdog Millionaire in 30 seconds. And I remember watching this episode and thinking it's the funniest thing and then looking over at Taylor and she's just like, I've never seen it. I don't get it. And I was like, oh, man. What did Taylor think? Oh, she loved it. I mean, I I began crying in the first like 10 minutes of it because I know what's going to happen ultimately. And I was like, damn it. But she just like, yeah, she she liked it a lot. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this too. I honestly think I might like Lion a little better now. Interesting. I mean, they're they're very different. 
But are they though? Like they are different, but in in the, <laughs> I don't so, remember a allegory for who of who wants to be a millionaire in Lion. Well, no, no, but the like you know it starts out as he's a very young kid. He almost gets trafficked. The relationship with his brother, um, you know, trying to find his mother, and he was trying to find Salim and Latika. Like there are very similarities, other than it just being like an Indian movie starring Dev Patel. Like I do think there's like. <laughs> a lot and so but the other thing too is like the emotion of it like i was flying back on a plane and i don't like to watch new movies on a plane so i put lion on and i'm sitting (laughs) next to this like 250 pound pilot as i'm just bawling my eyes out watching the end of lion so i mean i love i love both of them i think where lion really hits you hard is the fact that it's a true story and that most of the story is 100 percent accurate and then at the end where it shows you spoilers for lion but where it shows you the actual like recordings Mm -hmm. of him finding his mom and everything hits you deep right but who wants to who wants to be a millionaire isn't based on a true story you know, it's no, just, right. It's this like fun fiction thing that could happen, but didn't, you know, so, you know, it was also mind boggling to me. So this movie was rated R. Um, For implied, they, implied sexual assault. Just because I think because of very like dark themes. Right. And yeah, like you just said, and um, they didn't really have time or the money to try and contest that because they didn't realize this was going to be like the global phenomenon that it was. Um, so, but I like, this should be a PG-13 movie. There's like nothing in this to me. No. 100%. There's First of all, there's the one F word. I they don't never, remember where it is. It's uh, it's my fucking show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He fucking really eats it up with that. Um, They never show the like the implied assault that happens to her, right? They never get anywhere near that. Um, When people are killed, they don't really show any blood. So it's like. The fact that this was rated R was complete bullshit to me. And like to the point of like when it said, oh, this is rated R, I was like, really? Yeah, I didn't even pay attention. But but yeah, no, it shouldn't have been. So the other thing is, so it, it kind of starts out basically um, with him being tortured. And what was really like kind of interesting to me in that opening is I like really like not the the fatter cop that's torturing him but the other cop i'm like towards the end you're like i kind of like this guy yeah and it starts out i thought he was gonna play like a bigger part in the end like i thought he was like wow i heard your emotional story about latika i'm gonna go find latika for you like i always think that he's playing a bigger bigger role in the end well, instead, he's like, I could never find her. That's why I went on the show. And the cop just walks out. He's like, yeah, he's I don't like, fucking care. And he he also says, I believe you. He's like, why why now? He's like, because you're too truthful to be a liar. And right. I was like, oh, yeah. But it's just the fact that he like his first bit in the movie, he's like, bring out the electricity. He's like, you know, you've been working this guy all night and, uh, you know, we haven't done anything. And then, too, he's like, <laughs> they electrocute him for what feels like half a second, but it completely like knocks him out. Um, and then the other fat cop, this is sort of like a cold, it is a cold open because the, the fat cop's like, what if he, what if he's telling the truth? And he's like, and the guy's like, what, what would a slum dog know? And he's like, the answers, I knew the answers. And I, I think part of the, the conceit of this movie that's pretty interesting is that he's not very bright, right? Like he doesn't know a lot. He just happens to know these answers. It's almost like coincidental. And on well, the ones he whole- doesn't, 
he gets a little lucky, you know, like I, that and the way it ties into the story, obviously. Yeah, that's the whole point yeah, of the movie. That's the whole point of the movie. And and not only that, it's like the whole thing was like it is written. It is destiny. And so like everything had to line up perfectly for him to be where he is. And, you know, like we said, the point of the movie, um, I think the cop is the cop and the host of who wants to be a, be a millionaire are probably two at that time of India's most famous um, stars. I mean, they're definitely two big ones, right? And like they all, they both also went on to have like, I've seen them in other like American movies. So Anil Kapoor was in the fourth Mission Impossible. Yep. Where he gets uh, hit on by, um, I forget what her name is. Um, and then Irfan Khan, I'm probably saying his first name wrong. He was in Jurassic World. And then I think he yep. actually just, Jurassic World, Life of Pi. And then um, I think he actually passed away recently too, which is quite sad. So. Oh, that is sad. That is I sad. Think it was, I think it was like during COVID. I'm not sure. Um, oh, so I like the opening too. Like after that, after the cold open, the song that plays as they're kind of being chased by the cops and then they run to their mom. And what's funny is there's this little Easter egg you don't realize until later when they bring up the um, the Musketeers and you find out yeah. later like they never learned the third one. Um and but then the next scene uh where it's so funny at the end at the end when, when that question is posed taylor turns to me like before before anything taylor turns to me and she goes oh they never learned it <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing past her nah well i think also it's fairly obvious from the context I, every time though i'm like maybe it's d'artagnan but i think he's like the fourth guy that he's like, the fourth in. guy yeah, he's yeah. the fourth guy. And so when he says a Aramis <laughs> Taylor, who thought it was D'Artagnan was like, Oh, he got it wrong. What a, what a shitty, she was already mad. She was like, what a shitty way to end the movie. Like, damn it. And then, and then it was revealed that he got it right. And she was like, what the fuck? And then I, t- I had to tell her then, but she immediately starts Googling. She's like, that's not correct. No, no. But, um, I think that's posed to, it's not going to be the Cardinal Reginald guy. Like that's obviously yeah. he's, he's the bad guy. But D'Artagnan is probably there to be like the trick question, the trick answer. Well, in a lot of these too, like um, the question about like what's written underneath the like on the Indian flag, it's like something will prevail. It's like truth, cheating, <laughs> money. money. Yeah. And he's like, I don't, I don't know. Let me ask the audience. Um, so the next scene is where they're uh, they run like the shit houses, and I love like the little yeah. like he's like, hey, get out. We have a customer. He's like, it's a shy one, brother. <laughs> Uh, and then there's like there's no time limit on a crap uh and then him jumping into the shit like to go get the autograph uh, mm. apparently it was chocolate and peanut butter but it looked disgusting like the <laughs> most disgusting thing ever like so, and you can see like i really honed in on as he's running through the crowd the little shit streaks <laughs> like get that he's leaving on everyone yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love how how like it's so smart too. Like none of the bodyguards of the guy are touching him because he's covered in shit. So they just let him run right up to the guy covered in shit. Yeah. And I guess that is obviously a super famous um, Indian movie star. What's funny now is like, we get to the first bit of where Salim is kind of like, it's, it's, it's interesting because 
while they're running away from the cops, you don't really get like their brothers until they both run into their mother's arms, right? Right. And then when he closes him up in the in the outhouse, that's like your first little bit of oh, he, you know, he little scamp towards his brother. Where you get like the whole crux of the movie about Salim's deal with like their relationship is when he sells the autograph picture for like 40 rupees. Right now. And that's, yeah, that is where like the first sign of him kind of being a, well, locking him in the out outhouse too. Right. Yeah. But that was, that was a reason in a cause. That was the cause and the reason, right. It was because it was like, he, he took too long that he cost uh, him a customer. But selling the thing was just a dick move. And I think it was partially because it shows Salim as Jamal is getting the autograph. It shows him like kind of jealous of him. So it's like that jealousy versus consequence because of that. And that's like the whole, their whole relationship throughout the rest of the movie. They go back to the cop station. He's like, so how'd you know the answer? And he's like, everyone knows who that is. And the fat cop's like, I knew who it was. And he said, see, everyone knows who it is. No, he said, it doesn't take a, it doesn't genius. take a genius. It doesn't take a genius to know who that is. Yeah. And then he, well, I think he asks him another question. Oh, the truth alone prevails thing. He's like, how did you not know that my five-year-old knows that? And he's like, do you know who stole the constable's bike? And he's like, no, you know who did that? And he's like, even five-year-olds know who did that. <laughs> like, just yeah. like, I know what I know, basically. Yeah. Um. So the next part, and this is actually always confused me and i guess i just figured out so i i always thought that jamal and his brother were hindus that were killed by like the muslim people attacking but i actually think i guess it was the opposite because i think so and and it makes sense too because salim in the end was praying like he had a uh his his mat out that he put out and was praying at the end of the movie which i guess was to show him becoming more religious i thought he had actually like changed but it, it now makes sense too because um he says you know uh, because I, I if i didn't know about ra holding the bow in his hand which he didn't know because he didn't grow up with that um if i didn't know about that then my mother would still be alive um yep that's like that scene is like fucking crazy and it's like imagining like four or five year olds going through that and then like their the way their mom just dies like you're almost like man she could have just hidden in the water maybe like you know the crowds the crowd runs by i think she was just so busy trying to worry about her kids mm-hmm. that, that she didn't even see it coming it's funny because when when she gets hit in the head she dies by drowning presumably i always like in that moment i was like man i remember her dying in a much more gruesome way and the reason i think that is because in all the flashbacks that jamal has about his mother dying she's burning alive I think that's the there's a guy burning alive. I think that's the flashback. But may, like, no, he but he but he's imagining his mom. He's dying imagining that way. his mom dying that way. Or it's like some sort of like cumul- accumulation of a dream he's having. But that's why, because it always shows her dying in that way in all the flashbacks. But that's not the way she actually dies, which is kind of cool, because when you're a little kid, you always like um, hype things up in your head like you, you make them extreme. So it's kind of showing how he imagined his mom dying. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, because it's the 
it's like the traumatic inciting event of the rest of his life. Yeah. But it's also like, interestingly enough, it's also how he met Latika, right? It's how he met Latika. And it's also how he has this hatred. And I don't think this is like a point of the movie he's trying to make, but how much the cops fucking suck in India like yeah, there's a fucking uh, 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 religious war happening outside the truck, and they're like, "Go away!" Yeah, they're like playing cards, and there's a literal man on fire, and they're like, "Not my, not my problem." And then for those same motherfuckers to be like interrogating him, he he just has a bad taste in his mouth about cops. So it it makes sense why he's like, you know, he's totally disrespectful to them and everything. Right. So. Uh, we also have this is where Salim says, oh, she can't come in. But then Salim sort of pretends to be asleep and, and Latika comes in the, the crate that they're in. Um, and then when it flashes back to the, the who wants to be a millionaire, you know, um, Prem, uh, you know, tells him you should quit now. You're not going to get the next one. And there's it's kind of interesting. His whole like, I don't want anyone to be more famous than me. I don't want anyone to win this because they'll become more famous than me or whatever. But it's also like. It also raises the notoriety of your show. Like, you know, who wants to be a millionaire? They didn't want everyone to win the million, but you do want someone to win the million. Like, uh, you want people to start winning the million. Although, you know, it's funny is like, there's this, um, LeBron James had this like game show where it was like people answering questions and like, you could win like millions of dollars actually on it. it but it, there were ways that it like brought you back down. But it's like, the cost of these shows are so cheap that it's like yeah. if you did have someone win a million dollars an episode, you're still making like if it's a popular show, you're still making a shit ton of money off of these. So I take it that the Indian who wants to be a millionaire is probably produced by the same people who does the American who wants to be a millionaire. It's kind of like how we have like the X Factor, but they have X Factor India, X Factor Germany, The Voice, UK, you know, UK, whatever, whatever. So it's the same amount of money that's being poured into these shows as like an American show, right? But yep. since it's in a different country, it probably could even get it done a lot cheaper. Would you like to know? Because at the end, he wins 20 million rupees. Would you like to know the conversion on how many US dollars that is? So I looked it up. And like, we don't know the year that this happened. But no, I we do. Look... It's 2006. Is that what it says? It okay. says that, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't look up what that that year. I think at this time, it's around 280 to 240, 240 to 280. $280,000? Oh. What would you oh. have? 30K. Well, but the <clears throat> the other issue with that, too, because you're like, oh, that's not really that much. But the other thing you have to think about is purchasing power. No, purchasing power in India, sure. But it's it's sad when you think about that. It's like it's they're only like trying to win $30,000. No, but yeah, but it also like... In India, thirty thousand dollars. You have to look at the purchasing power of it. So it's like, if no, you can buy, if you can buy a house for five hundred, I'm not saying what these are the numbers. If you can buy a house for five hundred dollars, then you are basically a millionaire. So it just depends on what what the costs to live are. I understand that, but I was going back to what your point is: is the the amount to produce these shows is that even if they won, if it's an American company that's making these shows in India, even if Five people won the 20 million in a row. That's still only a hundred thousand dollars. That's that's nothing for for the American company, you know? 
Right. No, no, I get it. Uh, by, by the way, so the guy whose autograph he gets in the beginning, um, the, it wasn't the real guy, but that guy was like the, the guy he was playing was the original host of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in India. Uh, and then Anil Kapoor, who plays the host, actually was on the show, I assume, in like a celebrity capacity and won five million rupees. Oh, uh, that's funny. So it's who wants to be a millionaire. I imagine the amount of 20 million rupees is like to make you basically the equivalent of a millionaire there. Like, I think that's the point, obviously. I mean, you're still a millionaire. You're still winning some amount of million rupees i know but they could just make it one and it just wouldn't feel the same so i think they chose the number 20 for a reason i i would assume i didn't look yeah, that yeah, much yeah. into it i think you're right um the so the next scene is like when we get sort of one of the longer explanations of like the the, the explanations of how he knows things get longer and longer right so the next one is this song by a famous blind poet which apparently that was like fake it was actually written for like a movie in the 50s right so like oh. they're that was like one of the small controversies, which doesn't seem that to be that big of a deal. Interesting. Um, and it, it kind of cuts them like living and working at a at a dump, right? Probably collecting things that they can sell for, you know, uh, a little bit of change here and yeah, there. Yeah, bottles and recyclables. And this is where they meet uh, Maman and, um, you know, they he offers them a, a Coke. I I love the character design of Maman. Because everything he does up to a certain point is so nice. He goes to these dumps. He finds these homeless children. He takes them in. He feeds them. He bathes them. He gives them a place to stay. There's nothing wrong with Maman. But somehow, the the actor that they got to play him, the clothes that he dresses him the, himself in, the sunglasses, everything that this dude emits just there's something bad about this dude and, and there's something really beautiful about that like to say to like make him do all these good things but there's just like something real sketchy about this dude what's funny too is so apparently you can't really see the label on the bottle and because that label didn't it, i don't think it's actually a coke i think it's something else and then they didn't want to be associated with the movie and then Mercedes-Benz wanted their logo taken off scenes where their uh, Mercedes was in the slums because they didn't want to be a, they thought it would like hurt their brand. It's yeah. just like, how fucking crazy is that? Is like Mercedes is like, we don't want to be associated with poor people. So please don't show us anywhere near poor people. If you could, please. That's, that's weird. That's so weird. So they join up with Mamad and you're right. He's super nice. He's like, will you join me? And they do. And then once you do, like you're stuck for life, right? Like he owns you if you like accept that Coke and go and live with him. Yeah, you're like a you're like a slave. But and what's what's interesting, too, is about his whole operation is that he has these kids and then he sends he trains them to be like the best beggars and then he sends them out to beg. And then the money, they just bring it back to him. It's kind of a genius. It's kind of a great, a great business model, actually. Well, low overhead, right? Like you're probably yeah. not feeding them that well. Um, and so like, the, you know, Salim, because he can't sing and he's like, they, they basically say he's like a dog, like a rabid dog, like, you know, fighting people like, uh, you know, the big guy that pushes him or whatever. And then Latika laughs at him. And it's like this antagonistic relationship they seem to have as kids because she laughs at him. And then the next scene, he like basically throws a baby at her and is like, you carry that baby. And like, 
if the baby cries, you get triple. Um, and then she does the thing where she puts chilies on his penis. Uh, and like, then like, let's chili him know willy. that she, chilies on the willy, like makes him know that she did it. Um, and this next scene is, is pretty like heart wrenching too. Like, w- w- yeah. like when you think about this movie in the way of like, Oh, could, you know, how does this type of stuff happen? You probably does. Maybe not in India, maybe somewhere. Right. Um, of like, yeah, Oh, we're going to blind, happens. we're going to blind these kids because they'll make more money begging and he tells Salim like go get Jamal and he's like hey this is this is decision time like are you with me or are you like you know and either way it's going to happen but you have to decide if you're going to help did you did you understand that if they were good singers they would be blinded and if they were bad singers I don't know what happens to them if they're bad singers but none of the little kids are good singers so for me it's like what's the difference between a good singer and a bad singer they're all bad. I think they're differing levels. And like Jamal was like one of the better, like even though he wasn't good, he was like, it was a cute singing, right? Where but they were gonna, sounds awful. Right. I guess you're right. But they were, they were going to blind him. And I was like, why are they blinding a good singer? Cause I was like, if you're a bad singer, you're not going to get any money. But if you're a blind, bad singer, then maybe people would just feel so sorry for you. They would give you money, but no, then you find out it was only the good singers that got blinded because if you're good, and you're blind, you get like triple the amount of money. I think probably like if you were just bad enough singer, you did other things. Maybe they maimed you in another way. Mm. Um, well, there were kids without like arms and legs in the in in that like troop, so maybe right. that's what they did. So they decide to run, and Latika is trying to join them, and Salim uh, just basically doesn't hold her hand and bring her up onto the train. And it, it's done in a way where Jamal's for the chilly willy bitch, basically. And Jamal, it's like Jamal's like sort of doesn't know if it was done on purpose, but kind of believes it was. Yeah. And he's like, dude, listen, she'll be fine. Like there's other uses for her. You know, she's going to be OK. And they ride the trains for a while. It's a lot of like them, like kind of it, it kind of shows the the trajectory of their lives of like sort of scheming and like selling things and stealing and like how they're going to do what it takes to get by. I actually find this part really cool because it's like all of the scheming, lying and, and begging that they learn from being with Maman. They're kind of like taking those skills and like living off of those skills. Of course we get like the train ride with the uh, famous MIA song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then they land at the Taj Mahal, maybe five years later and they both know English pretty perfectly yeah like they took classes on the train i don't understand that part um maybe they just were so like around it i i like the transition too it's like the the little fat kid sees them stealing the non and so that they they get pushed off the train that way and then as they roll down the hill five years passes yeah yeah and i i love the taj mahal part it's pretty cool like how it almost seems like an accident they start like grifting and I love, she's like, that's not what it says in the guidebook. He's like, that guidebook was written by lazy Indian beggars. I'm like, oh, oh my. And then I heard she died in childbirth. Yes, the car was on the way to the hospital. I asked, uh, I asked Taylor if she could guess what the last question on the who wants to be a millionaire thing would be. And she guessed, um, it would be funny if it was the correct answer to what happened to the Taj Mahal guy's wife. 
was like, that's a good one. That would have also been a, a good one. Yeah. Um, so then they, uh, the, this leads to them doing more and more like, you know, they got a whole enterprise at the Taj Mahal of like taking shoes, selling them, stealing people's money, um, doing tours, taking photos. They get constantly get chased off. So the last part, uh, when they're in the, uh, like, I guess in the city where the Taj Mahal is, they're doing, they're doing tours now and they take them to like where they, what are like dying the, the linens. And they start stealing parts off. Salim steals parts off the car as Jamal does the tour. And I like how he's like fast, fast Schumacher style. You know, it's funny how like the, you know, it it sort of leads you to believe that like probably television is how they learned a lot of like their English, right? Like watching like English program, like, you know, the F1 racing and stuff like that. And so when they get back, I think it's funny how they get back to the car and the taxi driver or whatever immediately knows that this kid is in on it. He has no proof of it. And so the the English white family or no, the, they're American are like, dude, why are you hitting this? You don't know that he did this. He was with us. And it's like, they're right that there's no evidence, but this fucking guy knows. And he's right that this kid did this. And I love how she he's like, you want to see a real bit of India? This is a real bit of India. And she's like, well, let's show you a real bit of America. And I think they give him a hundred dollar bill, right? So they don't. They don't. It doesn't show them giving him a hundred dollar bill. But it and has just, to be. No, it's not. It doesn't. It, it's not because what's crazy is that when he meets the blind singer that he knew back then in the tunnel, and then he gives him the hundred dollar bill. The kid smells it. Oh shit! You're right. Because then how did he get get it? <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, you're right. It has to be. You got there. You got there. I got there. But I like how he asks him who's on the hundred dollar bill. Uh, uh, Prem does right, and he's like, "Who's on the hundred dollar bill?" And he's like, "Yeah, have you seen many of those?" He's like, "A minimum tip for my services." Yeah, he's uh, like, he's "A like, minimum tip for that." Oh, he's like, "That's why my- is being tipped a hundred dollars." No wonder my phone service yeah. is so high. Ah, uh, so great. So um yeah and then they uh he's like he asks him then we're back to the police station he's like you know how 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 did you know who's on the hundred dollar bill and he's like bombay has turned to mumbai and i was like i don't think that answers the question but it eventually does but the bombay turns the mumbai part where they go back and you see the city changing and sort of montage way well he wasn't saying that he wasn't saying that first of all he was saying that to the cop right because he was still being interrogated for getting the answer right and then he wasn't saying that as the answer. He was like leading to a story. He's like, I'm a storyteller. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he eventually he keeps looking and then he eventually finds um, the boy who's blind, who he knows his name. Like he was one of the guys that I think he's probably the kid who got blinded right before him, I would guess. He, he is. Yeah. And then he's like, she's more than alive. You know, they call her Cherry. And then as as uh, Jamal walks away, he's like, I'll sing at your funeral. Um, and it's basically they go to the red light district. You know, it's like that version of it. What are they spraying in that tunnel? <sighs> Man, I don't, I don't know. Because he Nothing runs good. right through it. Nothing good, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so he he has to navigate. Him and Salim navigate the red light district. And I like how... Like, you know, Jamal is there to find Latika, but Salim is like, uh, he's also there the, to find her. Where the bitches at, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, he says that earlier is I get so much pussy in Bombay. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, 
and which they all make fun of him because it's all bullshit. But he's just got this bravado about him of like, I'm a ladies man, which is like when he eventually kicks Jamal out is because he, he's not. But he like takes advantage of, of Latika. And he's drunk, right? Because he goes to visit Maman's um, rival, Javid. Javed. Javed. Yeah. Um, and then I guess he gets a job with him and he comes back drunk because, yeah. Yeah, and um, so we learn that the you know the the blind boy tells him who's on the hundred dollar bill. So they find Latika. They sort of break in. And you don't even know this at this point. Maman shows up, but <laughs> Salim has a gun. I don't know where <laughs> he got it, but he just he decided he needed one. And um, like I said, we talked about this earlier, but Jamal freezing at the gunshot and Latika not. And this is where he they you know they ask him who invents the revolver, and it's I his do brother tells him. Oh yeah, he's like. You better step out of the way, Jamal, when you have a Colt 34 staring you down. And then, I mean, it could have been any one of those, but I guess Jamal was like, well, it's called a Colt. So I guess it, the answer's, you know, whoever Colt is, yeah. um, which I guess is just lucky, right? Because if he was like, he's like, instead of saying, like, you have a Colt staring you down, he's like, you have a revolver staring you down. Jamal might have just thought that the answer was the revolver, dude, you know? Yeah, so um, this scene's pretty interesting too. In that, so they are in this abandoned hotel. They're in one of the rooms. Latika is taking a shower, and she's like, "I need a towel." And she's like, "Don't look, don't look." She and she's like, "I know you're gonna look." And she's like, "Where'd Salim go?" Salim's left. Um, and when she walks out and she sees him staring the other way, she's like, "You're a good boy, or you're a sweet boy." And it's like it's almost she's like, "You've been." you haven't been affected the way like other people have by like this life that we've led. Um, and then when she was going back in the bathroom, she like called him a simp friend zoned him pretty hard. Can't wait for Salim to get back here. (laughs) Um, so we find out Salim went to Javed and he's like, I killed Mama and I'll kill you too. And Javed's like, (laughs) Javed's like, I've been looking for someone like you. (laughs) It's like, really have you? Okay. Um, and then at this point, Jamal's like, you know, it's our destiny to be together. And Salim's like, no, it's my turn. And this part's like really sad because one, like the obvious implication of what Salim's going to do. But two, also just like Latika basically stepping in and be like, no, like this is going to happen. So I'm going to, Jamal, you need to leave. I don't want anything to happen to you. Go away. Like almost like sort of giving into it. Um, it's just like, it's such a sad part of the movie. Well, like you said, she's a realist, right? Like mm-hmm. she she handles things more in a inevitable, logical way than Jamal follows his heart and like lets his emotions determine all of his actions, right? But Latika's like, let's just get this over with, sort of sort of thing. But I also don't think Salim was ever gonna. I mean, he was drunk, so maybe that's the reason he would have shot him. But it doesn't seem like he was ever gonna shoot his own brother. Like he loved like all the bad things he did to his brother was really in a lot of ways to keep his brother close. So his brother didn't find someone else and sort of leave him, which is obviously poorly thought out. We now are back at the police station. I love the way the the officer's like, uh, I've never met someone who admits to murder to avoid a fraud charge. And he's like, well, when someone asks me a question, I tell them the answer. And then this is when we get to see Jamal at work. The Chaiwala from Mumbai. (laughs) 
Um, and I love like them learning about England and like he's a he's like better at his job than all the people who are doing the phone bashers, which is also another like great term for that. Um, like he's better at knowing all the stuff about England than they are until he's actually put on the phone and he's like, I'm at uh, Big Ben Lock. <laughs> She's like, all right, put your supervisor on and he has to hang up. Um, it does like the I don't think the movie directly says this, but it feels like he works at that place selling cell phones so that he can eventually get the opportunity to search for Latika and Salim, you know, using their computers. Oh, I didn't I didn't get that from that at all. Well, the first chance he gets, he does it. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But when he's serving tea, it feels like he's been there for a while because he knows like the the trends, right? Like he's asked the questions and he's like, oh, I know what happens. So I feel like he would have more opportunity beforehand to do this. I feel like they showed you him working here. So he knows how to get on the show. It answers that question. Well, but he didn't start working there to get on the show, right? No, no, no. But it shows it shows how he knows to get on the show because he works there. I guess, but I think he could have worked anywhere. So the fact that he worked at some place and, you know, the movie, it's kind of similar to he looks up Salim's Malik's name. It's going to be the third one, right? Like it's always the third option. It's like two wrong ones in the third one. But just like the first opportunity, we see the first opportunity he gets to like look up people's names. And so he he's there's no Latika, but there is like a ton of Salim Malik's and he calls his brother and his brother like immediately remembers his name. The dude must have the most, his voice. The dude has the most recognizable voice in all of India because his brother recognizes him right away. The blind kid from his fr- his five years ago childhood recognizes him right away. Right. That was a complete different actor, too. So, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? And he immediately is like it kind of shows the guilt, right? Like this guilt has been racking him for maybe over 10 years at this point, what are they like 10 to 13? And now they're probably like early twenties at this point. Like, I don't know if five to 10 years, they, right? It's, they could be 18, but he's been racked with the guilt of like doing this to his brother for this long that like, as soon as he knows it's his brother, he's like, we had to leave. Maman's men were searching the hotel. Like we, it's the, almost the first thing he says to him of like explaining what he did. Um, and then when they meet the fake out of him, like rushing and, throwing them both off the buildings to their death. Yeah. And then instead he punches him right in the face and he's like, I will never forgive you. And he's like, I know, like, I know you're never like, I know I'll never get your forgiveness. I think it was a blink and you miss it moment and I missed it. But remind me how he finds Latika again, because he gives the card key to his brother. He's like, Hey, meet me at my place. You know, we'll, we'll stay there. Everything's chill. And he gives him the key to go to his place. He's, Oh, and and Javed is coming, right? He's like, you better get out of here or something. No, no. What happens is he stays with his brother. His brother's like, you have to stay with me. He stays with his brother. His brother gets a call early in the morning and he just follows him to Javed's because he knows that's where he's going to go. We don't see his brother at Javed's. We see his brother drive to Javed's, so he follows him and then he waits for his brother to leave and then he goes in. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I must have like gotten up and gotten water or something at that point. Because the next thing I know, he sees Latika from like the balcony on the other side of the uh, the gate, and 
that's a i mean it would never work in a million years but he tells the guy like hey i'm here for a delivery he's like we're not expecting anything he's like i'm your new cook like changes his story halfway through he's like we're not expecting a new cook we're expecting a dishwasher delivery he goes like i'm your dishwasher i'm your dishwasher and the guy's like yeah okay checks out and just lets him through well i imagine latika like tells the guard let him in right because she she wants to see him and like but that's short-lived to when he's like you know i've been searching you for so long like this is our destiny and she like pushes him away she's like dude get in the real world like this i'm stuck here like i'm his property basically um uh we didn't talk about when he first sees his brother he's like where's latika and his brother's like still and then he's like she's gone brother long gone which is like oh not only that but he was like we looked for you after i sexually assaulted her uh by the way but maman's guys raided the hotel and you know we had a run but we we left you a note at work and he was like you did not leave me a note at work you son of a bitch like there was no note yeah there was no message there was no message it um also, Maman has like two guys at that point, right? Like we saw the whole combat. There wasn't a ton of people. I wanted to, I wanted to mention this earlier, but I love the the. So when he tries to get away from Maman the first time, when he's about to blind his brother, he throws the anesthetic or um, chloroform into one of the bigger bodyguards' eyes, right? Right. So then, when we see him after all those years, he comes through the door and he has the scarring across yep. his face. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I would remember your voice for forever. Um, so yeah, he goes to uh, Javed's house, and Javed shows up after they've had this. You know, he's like, dude, I, I, you know, I want you to leave with me, and he tells her, I'm gonna be at the train station, you know, every day at five p.m. Javed asks for a sandwich. Javed's a complete dick. It doesn't seem to at this point doesn't <laughs> like even like Latika. Just like I own you, so you stay here. But like Latika has a bad taste in men. I, she didn't choose any of these men. <laughs> oh my god! Um, just a bad sense of character all around. Yeah, Jamal just right there simping for her. Yeah. So uh, they make a sandwich. Sandwich looks pretty good, right? And then Javed, no, the takes- sandwich looks horrible. They put like three different types of mustard and lettuce on it, and they're like, "That's a sandwich." There's some meat. I think there's some meat, wasn't there? Uh, no, it was like mayo, mustard, different mustard lettuce between Maybe he's two. uh he might be vegetarian so i don't know yeah uh and he tells him to get out and she's like dude get out before he kills us both, both of us yeah yeah um and he says i'll be at the train station every day and we don't know how many times he was at the train station it's, before it's she the first up. day it's the first day but you don't know that i think it it heavily implies that it's the first day maybe so and he that's looks why, very that's why it's beautiful david he looks very forlorn when she doesn't show up this day could have been day one day 500 who knows and uh salim she and the shows guys up day one and then say salim and the guys take her away yeah because they apparently followed her um it probably should have come up with a better plan and they cut her face one of the dudes completely just fucking jacks her face up um oh yeah she's but... hideous now which you got to feel like that dude probably was killed by Javed. He's like, I didn't fucking tell you to cut her face. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Who told you was, to do that? Were you improvising? What kind of fucking asshole like cuts her face? <laughs> Were you improvising with a knife 
Um, yeah, man. I mean, she's hideous now. So, yeah. I mean, she, no, she wasn't. Definitely not the opposite of. So, uh, we next get the point where he's on the show. He's just answered. Um, oh no, no, this is the bathroom scene where the guy's like, the only other person to become a millionaire overnight is me. And he's like, I don't know the answer. And he's like, I think it is written. And, you know, he wrote B on the mirror. What's so great about the scene is that it lives rent free in my head constantly. I think about this scene at least once a month. Go on. I, there's just something really funny about him writing B in the steam. And then he goes and then just chooses the opposite answer. I don't know. There's something great about it. And just he stares at him with such like, I know you're lying to me. And then when it's revealed, he's like, but not B, Ricky Ponting. He's like, D, final answer. And um, yeah, just stares him down as he knows like, all right, you tried to just screw me over. What's funny too is that uh, Javed is listening to a cricket match while this is all happening in his house, while um, Jamal is there. And you see him kind of thinking back on if he fucking Sherlock Holmes here, <laughs> noticing everything. But you, you see him kind of thinking back if he can like pick up anything during the small amount of cricket game that was being played. And nothing, nothing of like useful information really came up. Right. Um, and so, so then. He, so wait, I'm sorry, but he knew then he knew that he was trying to fuck him over. That's why I picked the wrong thing. Yeah, I guess. Because he just stares him down. And then afterwards, it's almost like no reaction of like, you lied to me. It's just sort of like, yeah, I know. And they then stop right before the last question to wait till the next day. Um, and he he takes him out the back way for the cops to just basically put a bag over his head. And the one guy's like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? He's like, oh, he cheated. He's like, how do you know he cheated? And he's like, I fed him the wrong answer. He's like, you fed him the you fed him an answer. He's like, not exactly. And he's like, it's my fucking show. Like, I'll do what I want. It's my fucking show. And then we get to the scene that you talked about earlier where the cop believes him. And he's like, I don't know where he's, she's taking it. And now this leads me to a question, right? He's like, I got on the show because I, I thought she would watch. And um, it's interspliced with the scene of him running to Javed's house and they're gone. And it, why wouldn't Javed just kill Jamal rather than moving hastily to get away from this kid? <laughs> He's like running away like, oh my God, I can't have this guy find me instead of just murdering him. I don't know. I, maybe... Maybe they were always planning to move. Maybe it wasn't. Really well, they like were. That. She says that. She says we're getting out of Bombay, which also they didn't move that far out of Bombay because she was able to drive to the studio, the next you know at yeah. the next scene. So uh, it's just it's part's a little little off. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's the first time I noticed it. I just thought it was funny. The um, part that I don't get is he tells the cops he's he tells them the story about um about his brother sexually assaulting Latika when they were like 14 years old, right? And then they go, well, did you ever see them again? And he goes, I wouldn't be here if I have. But he did. He did see them again. But he lies to the cops about it? No, I think he's like, I would. He, I think it's just sort of not a mistrans. It's like a, they both know what they're getting. At. He's like, did you see them again like 
that then, right? Like, you know, around that time. Oh, okay, okay. But I mean, he, but still, he goes, he goes, I wouldn't be here if I had. And, but he did see them, but he's still here. He's still like in the situation that he's in because he lost them again. Maybe that's where the mistranslation comes in. But, um, I just, maybe, I like, maybe, maybe he's saying, did you see them again after the train station? That maybe, maybe. that's what he meant. Maybe. Um, so now we go to J- Javed's house and they're all watching and Javed turns it out and just starts dancing with other girls. Up to this point, because we don't really know where the timeline is, right? As we're watching this. I mean, we do because we've seen it before. But But you don't know where the timeline is. So it's like all the cop interrogation stuff is after all the other questions of the who wants to be a millionaire show, except it's before it takes place before the last one. Mm-hmm. And then all of the Latica stuff happens way in the past, except this last one where it happened kind of a few days ago. Right. So you're always like catching up to the moment until now we can say that there's no more flashbacks. Everything we see from now on is present time. Exactly. And so Latika leaves the room to go watch it. And Salim comes in. He's like, he just never gives up. And he gives her the keys. And she's like, Javed's going to kill you. And he's like, don't, you know, don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. And the way this just keeps cutting in between the show, Latika driving, Salim, you know, dealing with Javed, all of that ending is so great. Yeah. Um, I assume you can't like, once again, this movie's going for a PG 13. So when he shoots Javed, you don't see like, you don't see a bullet really enter him. Or at least I didn't, I couldn't really tell when I watched it. And so I assume Javed's dead. That's the way I like to imagine that this ends is he's dead. So, so Javed's dead. Definitely. And then the guys come in guns blazing, killing Salim and Salim dies in a bathtub full of money. I like that he basically is like, I'm going to have you shoot up all this money and make it worthless. Like, it's going to get all my blood on it. There's going to be bullet holes in it. Like, all this money I will now that, be used. I took it that way, too. Although, that's never really explicitly said in the movie. Well, it looks cool in the beginning. That's for fuck sure. So, you know. <laughs> um, that's the important part. I, I also thought, like, trying to, like, I guess the only way to really forgive this character for all of his heinous acts is that he kind of has to die in the end. Salim. Right. He, yeah, he sacrifices himself so that his brother and Latika can be together. He also just like has a shitty life, right? He's a gopher for this evil dude. You know what I mean? Like he's been a gopher for an evil dude for like the past ten years of his life, too. I know. I think I think he doesn't like it anymore. Cause he also, like I said, he seems more religious, right? Like, you know, because he's he's wanting forgiveness. Like, you know, when his brother says I'll never forgive you, he's like, I know, but it seems to be like the only thing he wants, right? Um I like to think at the end where there's the dance number, he still doesn't know that his brother is dead. <laughs> and I I think it's really sad, too, because he uses the call a friend lifeline to brother. call to call him to yeah. call him. Uh, but somehow fucking Salim knew that he was going to do that so that he gives the phone to Latika and he's like, for God's sakes, don't lose this. And then she fucking leaves it in the car. So you have the moment where the phone is ringing and she's running back. I love the ringtone, too. I don't think he gave, I don't think he knew about the final wants to be a millionaire question. I think he's just like he knows this number. He'll eventually call it or, you know, or maybe his number. I think he types something in. So maybe he even typed his number in there like, you know, here's my brother's number. Um, 
but yeah, he's like, oh, it's I, he calls Jamal for the final question because he's like, it's the only number I, I know. He, but he I, calls Salim. Salim, right? And he's like, I um, I love when he gets asked the question about the Three Musketeers, and he smiles, and the guy's like, oh, you're smiling, so you know. It. And he's like, would you believe I don't? And he's like, so yeah. you're gonna quit? And he's like, why not? No, let's just risk it all. <laughs> yeah. Double or nothing. Double or nothing, baby. And I love when when um the producer's like, nah, no one's gonna pick up that line. He's like, Do you have anyone else to call? He's like, That's the only number I know. And then in the like the last ring, Latika picks up and they have that moment. And then <gasps> he's like, All right, you have to get on with the question. And so he's like, Okay, the question. She's like, I don't know. And the audience is like, <gasps> and um I've never she- known. I've never known. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know either. Oh, it's so great. And they're like, I don't care. Because the whole point of it was never about the money. And that's the beautiful thing about this movie is that the whole point of it was never about the money. It was about getting her. And that phone call was him getting her. So he was just like, fuck it. Like, I did what I came out here to do. And then he wins anyway. (laughs) Now she definitely wants him because he's rich. But. He yeah. goes to the he goes to this train station. He's sitting there. Not a single person is bothering him. He's at this point in time the most famous person in this country, and not a single person is saying anything to him. Yeah. Um, and then they meet, and he kisses her scar, and he says, "You know, it's written." And then I I love the dance at the end. Um, I I knew it was coming, and I wanted to freak uh freak my wife out. So, um the song is playing right but the like the credits are rolling like the um like the pre-credits where it shows the main characters yeah and i was like yep now it's time for the big bollywood dance number and she's like haha very funny and then they start dancing and she goes oh shit it's like yep yeah it's really good though it is really good i love the song so she was um, she she was telling me that um, Taylor was telling me she's like I've never seen this movie but I know Jai Ho, and I was like, and we were talking about like the the awards that it won at the Academy Awards, and before I could even get to it, she was like, yeah, Jai Ho, best song, and I go, excuse me, she goes, yeah, Jai Ho, be- one best song, I'm like, yeah, how do how the fuck do you know this and you've never seen this movie, and she goes, because the Pussycat Dolls did a rendition of it, that they did. Bet they did. And now the lead pussycat doll is just on the mass singer. So yep. Yeah, I heard about that too. My wife's family apparently loves that show. Just yeah, it's, they were they yeah. were watching it on uh the day after Thanksgiving when we went over and I was just like, Why are we doing this? Um so I talked a little bit about the the, the controversy uh about this. I just wanna go over a little bit um you know, because there's no alternate casting for this. I don't know. Like there was, but <laughs> I don't, I don't recognize so. any of the names. They sure, wouldn't resonate sure. with me and you. Um, but like as part of the controversy was the fact that some of the younger versions of Latika and Jamal and Salim, like they were still living in the slums after this movie. Um, but it was like it did kind of come out after that, that like the director and like producers put away money for them. They paid for their schooling, paid for people to take them to school, and that then put. So in those a... kids were actually slum dogs. Well, that's a very derogatory way to say it, but yeah. So no, they were, and so I they 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 did some of the movie. Okay, 
Well, so the the term slumdog, a lot of people found derogatory in India too. And the director was like, it wasn't intended to be that. It was intended to be that he was an underdog from the slum. That's where it comes from. But, you know, so I was just saying that, you know, people were upset that these kids were still living in the slums, somewhat being harassed because of this famous movie. And so, um, and then they had family members that were trying to come back into certain kids' life because they thought there was a lot of money to be had. And then there were family members in their lives who were asking for more money immediately. Um, but it did come out that like money was put aside for their, for them in the future. And the, the director was like, I can't really tell you how much it's because it would make them targets, but it's substantial. And then like the kids were eventually moved out of the slums too. So, um, that's that's incredible because like that kind of means I mean I don't know much about slum living but that kind of means that they never had any formal acting training and they did like fucking good. I did notice that uh Frida Pinto like she just didn't have a lot to do in this one. Like yeah, I mean she had that she had the one scene at Javed's house and then running back she, from the train. She just didn't say like she, she didn't have a lot of lines. Like she had very like minimal like and obviously like this was sort of the Dev Patel show like towards the end of it. But, you know, the fact that you have these different ages and they are like the younger kids for most of it. But, yeah, those younger kids are awesome. You're right. All the characters are much more their younger kids than they are their their final form. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And thanks for joining us for another December where we get to watch movies that we've seen before but we just really want to talk about next up is children of men and this was slumdog millionaire